one thing that Arthur said when he quit his job was he has two big passions in life and Jesus and engineering and Jesus one. <laughs> You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. I mean, look at us. We don't care about appearance on this show, so (laughs) maybe that's a good opener. Hello and welcome back to The Worship Review, the podcast which critically and charitably reviews the songs sung in the church And uh, we have a good one, a special one for you today, because we are reviewing not a song, but two people. We're giving them a scale of five. We're giving them a rating. No, I'm kidding. We are joined by two guests, uh, I and uh, Colin. We are joined by um, Arthur and Caitlin. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having us. It's good to have you guys. Can you uh, uh, just introduce yourselves for us? So I'm Arthur, I'm German, living in Germany with my wife, Caitlin, whom you will hear shortly. Um, I work as a pastor in a small rural town outside of Hamburg. Um, it's a reformed church. And that is a lot of fun. I'm very much enjoying that. I imagine there aren't many um, reformed churches in that part of the world. No, no. We are working on and praying for uh, growing it to network and recapturing Germany with uh, Reformed theology. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, Caitlin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so I'm Caitlin, and I'm helping Arthur with the church planting it's a, it's a little bit of an older church plant at the moment. We've been doing it for seven years or so. Mm-hmm. And I'm American, obviously. And um, that is consumes most of our time now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole family enterprise. The mm-hmm. kids are in on it. And that's why we're here and not in the States or yeah. some out someplace else. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's wonderful. And uh, Caitlin, you said I'm obviously American, but I don't know. I have I have met some Germans whose American they like they learn American English from television or whatnot, and their American English accents are very very good. Sometimes you have to really you know trip them up with a word like squirrel to find out <laughs> if they're a really American or not. <laughs> I won't ask Arto to say it. Um, van but, van. Those are the catchphrases. To, dis- to make the yeah, figure out whether you're German or not, or English or American or what it is. I was going to say, I definitely still stick out here, even, no matter accent or anything. The smiling, the voice, the asking how you are. And you're in one of like the grayest, mo- most uh, somber areas of Germany, too. Uh, I, perhaps the only thing that might make it chipper is that you're outside of Hamburg instead of being inside of Hamburg. (laughs) Yes. Yes. She gets asked frequently, why are you here? (laughs) 
You're American, then why are you here? It's the most common question I get. Yeah. Well, do you do you like do you flip it around in an evangelistic tactic and say, "Have you thought about why you're here, sir?" <gasps> you, <laughs> yes. Oh goodness! Yes. <laughs> I'm free consulting tips here on the worship review. Um, well, usually if we have a, a musician on, we'll say, "How does your faith inform what you do?" Um, but you guys are church planters, so this will be funny. Um, how does your faith inform what you do in uh, your church plan? <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> oh, the, the summary would be everything. Everything we do is informed by that we have been saved and grasped by the Lord and pulled out of the fiery hell on the way. Well, we're on the way on it, for to it, towards it, into it, whatever. I'm just losing it here, but... Um, no, I mean, we have been saved and we have experienced his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And that is what drives us. So it drives us into the word. We see from his word how we are to live and who we are to be. And the Holy Spirit in us works and draws us continuously closer, sanctifying, growing, stoking the fire of love for him for our Savior, and that affects pretty much everything we do. Our work, our songs, our spending money, our holidays, our raising our kids, our everything. I mean, I don't know if you know this, Tyler, but we weren't church planners for a long time. <laughs> um, we both studied and got degrees in different things, and then um, Arthur was a full-time aerospace engineer and I was home with the children and I've always worked part-time jobs doing other things. And, um, and it's only been about a year that we're full time. Yes. But our faith has informed our lives ever since we've been married and ever since we've been Christians. Mm -hmm. And one thing that Arthur said when he quit his job was he has to big passions in life and Jesus in engineering and Jesus won his full-time <laughs> commitment. No. So we, we were just as committed to Christ and the church, our whole Christian lives, but now it's full-time. So it's even more intense. Yeah. So we kind of hinted at this earlier, but what's it like uh, working for the church in, in Germany. It's just a very secular country. I mean, the U.S. is too, to a large degree, but there's at least a, a pretense of Christianity that kind of undergirds a lot of institutions here. It's very weird. <laughs> the fact that you go to church every single Sunday is a very strange concept, as, even for Christians, but for Everybody around us, it is a really weird thing. And my non-Christian friends don't even want to talk to me about church, even though I work there and that's my whole life. Because to them, it's we're like aliens. Yeah, that sums it up well. And also from a pragmatic employment kind of side, there are not many ch churches, free churches. We know that we have the 
state uh, state churches and free churches, whereas in the states all churches are free churches. So anyway, can you explain the distinction for the listeners? Yeah, of course. So free churches are churches that are wholly funded and supported by the giving and tithing of the members, and state churches are come from our history. You have the Catholic and the Protestant church, which is funded by automatic deduction of a giving by every person that is enrolled. So when you get a job, you write out, are you Protestant or Catholic? And then a percentage of your paycheck automatically goes yeah. to the church. It used to be that the majority of all citizens in Germany were either this or that, uh, either Protestant or Catholic. Over time, more and more people are leaving and unenrolling, and some like us that are crazy are in a free church. So we are not paying automatic ties to anything. We are doing this in a free church, which is not, which is separate from the state. In Germany, free churches are very little and cannot really, they do not have the financial means like in the States. I mean, we are part of one of the bigger churches in Germany with a membership of 800. That is mega, mega church level in Germany, as you can imagine. There are not many churches. There are few, not very many that are that big or a thousand or two thousand. So um, a lot of churches are around 100 or 30 or 40. And as you can imagine, with that kind of size, it's very difficult to near to impossible to have a full-time pastor or, or any staff. So a lot of it is done with lay people, which we have done for many years. Uh, next to working as an engineer and having a family with five kids and this and that, it makes it really challenging. Um, so I am in the very fortunate, we are in the very fortunate position to be part of the Archie Church in Hamburg with a church plant in Stade. So I can be f on staff full time now, which means that I have actually time to do what a pastor needs to do. And that is just a humongous privilege in Germany. Another thing that we find being in North Germany is a lot of people coming to Christ as adults and not necessarily growing up in Christian families because of there. We have a lot of refugees from the East who've come up here. So, you know, Germany was half communist. So they were all atheists. So we have in our church, we have a mix of people like that who grew up either in East Germany or in Russia. It's probably half our church. Yes. So people who are just still baby Christians, even though they're adults and who need to learn a lot of basics. So it's very interesting. Yeah. And that pours over into the worship and into the music because there's not a, a rich, there should be a rich history. The last few decades, there's not a rich Christian history in the church. Well, that's what I was going to ask about. So, yeah, how, what does worship music look like in your church? I mean, we could talk about style and things, but really, I mean, in terms of substance, are you getting songs from the U.S. and, and Canada or whatnot and translating them? Are there songs being written in Germany that... that are, are being done in churches like yours. Where are you getting your music and what is it like? So the Eichel Church is friends with the Sovereign Grace Ministries, which you know from the States. Sovereign Grace Ministries write a lot of their music themselves. And the Eichel is in Germany, the ones who have the right to bring these songs out in German. So we translate them and we publish them. 
So we have a whole, we have that repertoire of music for us. Yeah, but we don't just sing Sovereign Grace. Yeah, but yeah, I was going there. And we have some music which is written in our church by ourselves. And we have a body of music which is common good. So traditional hymns. I mean, German, the German language, the German church is full of great hymns, just as uh, the, the English language, you know. So we have all that to draw from. Uh, and we have lots of translation of American English, a lot of English uh, and Watts and I, I know what they're called, John Newton yeah. and whoever, all these guys. We have all those songs. We have, we do not lack in music and worship songs. And yeah, you get to do, you know, Luther, you, know, you get to do a Mighty Fortress is Our God in We have in Luther songs as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. We're getting the cheap, the cheap version. We will qualify. My wife is shaking her head as we. I said we have lots of songs. We will have to qualify that a little bit later. <laughs> we might have some songs that we can translate from English and some old hymns. But if you look at the past, I would say two decades, three decades of Christian music in Germany. The lyrics we have a humongous need. I was getting to that. So okay. basically, the churches now are and the youth and the members in and the people that are in the churches are not producing anything good. Okay. Let's put it this way not musically very good and not the, the texts, what, they, what is being sung. Well, that is wholly owed to the fact that we don't have very many churches that are doctrinally biblically sound. So if they produce something, it will be uh, something on the light, little content side. Well, okay. Can I just probe, can I press into that? And you, I mean, maybe you could give an example or two. You don't have to maybe name names or name songs too explicitly, but I, you know, we, we're talking about this all the time on our podcast, it seems like, where we will review a song and when we press into it, it's not always the case, but it, it happens more often than we'd like that we find that, yeah, there's often not a lot of there there sometimes. Is, and you, it sounded, Arthur, like you were saying that something like that too. What's, what's some of the, what are some of the problems, especially lyrically, that you're noticing in the songs? But what are also maybe some of the good things that are, that are coming out too? Could you give us a sense of that? Yeah. So I would say some of the things lyrically that are not going well is there's a big emphasis emphasis on mm-hmm. me on man-centered there's often not christ mm-hmm. anywhere in the songs if god is even in the songs um and musically as well often the rhythms aren't very good or they're written in a in a way that aren't easy for congregations to sing. Um, One thing that I would say is good about some of the German songs is that because it's such a rich language, there's a capacity for the songs to be really deep and really beautiful and really meaningful. I agree. We do music in our church. So we have to deal with a lot of what do the songs say what are we singing about and that kind of thing 
What does music in your church look like then? I know you mentioned earlier this is a Reformed church, and so sometimes that can intersect with how how the worship is is run. Well, we are <clears throat> we are fairly contemporary. Um, we don't have a big band yet because we are building up, but we are we would be in a setting where you have the classical bass guitar, drums, acoustic guitar, keyboard kind of scenario. <laughs> We're working towards that. Colin knows very well what that looks like. Uh, add some Sovereign Grace music to it, and you have a very good picture of it, except in German. So this is it. Very contemporary. We are ha- we're having some hymns, which, which we're also playing in a contemporary style. No organ, no choir uh, yet, or no on the scene. Yeah, we are we are not we are not anywhere close to being amazingly awesome uh, with the music. We are f- we're focusing on the the songs we sing and trying to teach the congregation to treasure those and to engage in singing. I think this is the, the biggest thing that we're working on, mm-hmm. is to uh, raise the awareness in the congregation that singing is very important indeed, and uh, why it is important, and why you should do it, not looking like you're made out of stone, but that you actually mean it. Uh, There's a struggle in the German churches that we've been in, um, because... Germany isn't really a musical culture yeah. at the moment. If you try, I, if you think about the last few years and what kind of musicians have come out of Germany, so we're not. I don't know if you know any. People aren't in choirs here. They don't teach their children musical instruments. It's not. They don't do music in school for very long after the seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And you might not even get music in the elementary school. Mm-hmm. So because of that, there's a, there's a struggle finding people who can do worship and do anything musical in a church. And then there's a struggle getting the congregation to sing. I think our education system is focused towards science, uh, more towards science, maybe more towards languages as well, but certainly not towards music so much. And we, we don't have the culture of singing. And with the decline of attendance in churches and, and the decline of choirs, etc., large groups of the population grow up not being able to hold the tune. And so in a normal little church like ours, average, you have singing becomes a lot more like scripture says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. It definitely is that. So we have, at the moment, if you're a regular church member in germany you would go an average of twice a month to church so that would be a really good attendance and if you go and you've heard a new song once and we play it maybe every other week you know sometimes they're also not going to know the songs and that kind of thing although we do really try to build in a cup, maybe one traditional song every once in a while or something so that they do know what we're singing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. So I have to say this, um, you've said twice now, Germany's not a very musical culture. And I mean, my mind goes to places like Beethoven and uh, yes. kind of, I know upper class people, they, they, like to listen to classical music 
in uh, as well as in the U.S. and in Germany. Um, and what, so when I was in Freiburg, there was, there's like a, a Musikhochschule, which for listeners is like a music college. Um, there were acapella groups. Um, and so my experience, at least in Freiburg, was not that this is not a very musical culture. Um, perhaps that lies in where I was when I was there. Um, also, uh, every it seems like every German over the age of like forty five listens to the same genre of music, which consists of like an accordion and a guy with a bass drum. Um, they're called Schlager. Mm-hmm. It's like striker music, is what it's called. And it's like there's like a melody line that's pretty simple, and uh, you smack a drum. So I don't know if what that is, but but Germans also they have. Uh, um, they have a lot of influence from American culture too, coming in, especially in things like entertainment and music. Um, Don't forget uh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, David Hasselhoff at the fall of the Berlin Wall, right? <laughs> Singing up there with his light blow up vest. That's um, why I was trying to say at the moment, because I know, you know, the past centuries they've had a lot of music, but the. I mean, we are generalizing, and that's usually that's very difficult because you can find pockets of we have universities and all that stuff. And or Russian Germans are very musical. Oh yeah, and there's I mean, a lot of them. We find other nationalities come, and you find more musical talent and ability just from the culture. So compared to a little country like the UK, for example, that's cranking out music and rock stars insane. We are nothing. I mean, honestly, I, I think of. Uh, America, what is it called? American Idol. American Idol and the German version of this yeah. and the UK version. We watch them in parallel sometimes. And the level of quality in Germany compared to US or the UK is just, oh my goodness. But I'll stop beating up on my beloved country. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I've never thought of uh, Germany in those terms before. <laughs> so you mentioned concerning the music before. Uh, I think, Arthur, you said man-centered. Um, what are some other characteristics of worship music that uh, come come across to you as uh, troublesome or maybe maybe just strange from your perspective? A lot of songs and their lyrics, if you look at them, they're super vague. And they continue to be super vague. So you could sing them in the church. With a bit of tweaking, you could sing it somewhere else, a Buddhist party or I don't know what, or a yoga festival. Uh, and I'm not you know what I mean it's it just yes. with lots of Christian background and education you can guess the references and the illusions made but if you don't have those you can happily sing those and be not a Christian at all and still be happy singing them you know at a yoga festival it'd be really good to have vague songs because they're flexible <laughs> yes. well, well done, well done. <clears throat> yeah but so being man one point is being man-centered is all about me, Lord, I love you, I serve you, I want you. And this stuff, it has its place in the liturgy and in the songs. And then that coupled with foggy, foggy lyrics that really, I mean, if you mean well and if you imagine the good stuff into it, they, they carry some meaning. If you don't have that, uh, it doesn't do anything. It's not convicting or educating or training your heart either. Which it's kind of surprising you mentioned uh, before that it in 
in your opinion, the German schooling system focuses heavily on sciences, which tend to be pretty specific and precise, and languages, which also <clears throat> require precision um, and accuracy. Yes. And uh, it's curious that uh, the music that churches are singing there uh, would be so vague, but um, I think that a lot of the music that I have heard sung in German churches uh, that is vague comes from the United States originally. And then they translate it. Are there are there songs coming out of Germany that are equally vague? Yeah, but maybe that has to do with the fact of which churches produce this music. The most productive ones, I would say, are churches that I would say are doctrinally not very good and not very specific, and draw people to think in vague terms and focusing more on emotional aspects of the music. And that makes these songs. So, I mean, in the same way songs are brought across from the UK, from uh, Australia or from wherever, from the States, that fit this and they translate into German, the German language and they are quite popular here. Because they have a good tune, they have a good meter, they sound great, but the lyrics are, again, very vague and not specific at all. And man-centered oftentimes and make you feel good. <laughs> Worship oftentimes has to do with making you feel good. There's enough German artists out there who are producing this kind of music that Artur is describing. There aren't a lot, but there's enough. Have you have either of you taken some of these songs maybe and said, well, hey, look, if we if we translate, if we're a little if we translate it a certain way, maybe substitute a word here and there, maybe we can make this song. To fix it. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you had the chance to do that maybe in, in a church setting? No. Some of us have tried. Some of us have tried. Well, we it's because we in the audience are quite strict with our songs. So we if the song okay. is on the, on the line where you would have to fix it a lot, we're not going to bring it into a pool. But I'm always pushing okay. and trying and trying. Yeah. And I There's so many great songs you can bring in that we don't need to do that just to have a modern song. Yeah. It's sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this <enough>. is good. <laughs> I wonder if you ever run into problems because you mentioned there are some older, like 18th century German uh, hymns that are fantastic, even earlier sometimes. Um, but I'm thinking of like 17th and 18th century, yeah. like Paul Gerhardt songs. Yeah. Um, and I think even some of what came out of the Moravians is pretty good. Uh, like uh, Zinzendorf was another hymn writer, and yeah. some of his stuff comes across as very um, very subjective, emotional, pietistic, but other songs I think are pretty sound. Um and I wonder, are these songs that people are interested in reviving, or is it just like, please don't dust off the, that old hymnal, <laughs> yeah. leave that where it was? I would be. We have a, we have a very rich heritage from which we could work. The, the oldies are for that, but the rest aren't really. Well, I wonder if the oldies even remember hearing some of them on the organ as children. You said the oldies, like the elderly people. Depends on the background again. We are in a church that has been revived from a Pentecostal background. 
they have their own body of songs. <clears throat> yeah, but if I play an old song, sometimes I'll do like a set purposely with older songs but, so that. But those are from the 70s and 80s. That's like um, music that has been, that is coming out from some Pentecostal stuff from the 70s, 80s from the States. So those are not old songs. Uh, I'm talking. Like Paul what Garrett, you sing in your older, and all these other guys. See, there's a lot of hymns that we have there in Sweden, and there's Baptist churches in Germany that do just sing <clears> that, <throat> like the church yeah. he comes from. I grew up with those songs, and I would be really keen on reviving those musically if I would have the ability to do so. But I'm a drummer, and not so now. Maybe if somebody like rewrote the melody and made the songs. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we talked to a few pastors and worship leaders on the podcast, and one of the things that we end up talking about is like, well, how do you handle all the input that you receive about this or that song? You know, you've got, maybe you've got somebody that's like, you know, I don't know, like, again, in a U.S. church, you've got all sorts of people with all sorts of opinions about worship music. I wonder, does this even happen in your church? Or if it does, what does it look like? I mean, are people just kind of like, oh, great, you're doing worship. Yeah. Fantastic. They're like, thanks for playing. That's awesome. Somebody's playing. <laughs> Never heard the song before. It was great. Yeah. All right. So for American pastors and worship leaders, if they're tired of the complaints, it sounds like they just need to go. That's <laughs> right. Come to Germany, come to church. We'll have other problems, yeah. not this one. But I think you'll also have people who will vigorously complain about other things too, though. Yes, so. yes. I mean, we have to we have to say that our experience is a bit limited in terms of German churches because we have the archie. We are a small church now, and my background from which was Baptist, and I know that. But when we first moved to Germany, we went to a quite a yeah, liberal church. That's true. So, uh, forgot now where I was going with this complaints. Uh, complaints. I mean, you get the oh, I don't want drones. Some, yeah, Sometimes. of course, so you have some of that. But in general, there's almost zero feedback on worship. Yeah, I know what I was going to say. So I was going to say is that the, the large majority of the people are non-churchgoers and have next to zero experience what the church liturgy and songs, etc., looks like. So when they come, they have not much to compare with. The, the positive thing we get is when people come from a, even remotely Landeskirche background, so that's the state church, they remember the services and the liturgy to be bone dry and dead and no fun at all. And then they come to us and we are very informal and chill and have uh, contemporary music and they love it. They're like, wow, mm. never thought a church like this can exist. In the States, this is way more common. So you have people having all sorts of opinions about all sorts of stuff because you have lots to pick from but we don't i mean we're also in north germany which makes a difference you know in the south there's much more religion there's catholics people might have gone to church as a kid or might go at christmas but where we are it's very yeah not many churches yeah the sky is gray grass is kind of green yeah Well, I guess maybe one final question uh, to wrap up. Um, you've given a sense of where you want, where you kind of hope things go. It sounds like, at least in Germany, there's a need for uh, more theologically accurate and substantial music um, and 
better music, I suppose, too, just on the musical side. Um, what else could you say about maybe where you hope that church music goes, especially in, in your own country? I'm sitting here wondering whether I should paddle back a bit because I don't want to leave the impression that I've been just going on negatively about <laughs> what Germany sure. looks like, music and the sounds. And they, I'm hopeful um, because we have a rich heritage. Uh, a lot of good theology has come from Germany. Uh, and if this is revived and churches grow to be more biblical, there's a large body to draw from to write good songs. And resurrect a lot of good songs which we have and make them just applicable to our time. So this is what it, this is what we're trying to do in our church and our church network, which we want to build, is to have a love for the Savior by the gospel, changed with a genuine burning heart and affection, which then spills out just like in a soccer game when all the guys are cheering when the goal is scored. Uh, in the same way that, they, that their faith and their joy and their being overwhelmed by God's grace spills out into good, joyful singing, which is informed by Scripture. So this is what we want, be it from old songs or write new ones. Mm. Yeah. Singing is important. Well, we, want to, we want to further that and write and have those songs. I know that, that if, if churches are built, good generations grow up, they will be musicians that are educated and trained biblically. They will write good songs. It will happen. Can you just explain one thing really quick? You mentioned briefly, this is formerly a Pentecostal church, which is now Reformed. Yeah. Crazy things. What, how does that happen? People read their Bible, Tyler. The man, the pastor who founded our church, the Archia or the Ark, was formerly the head of the Pentecostal convention in North Germany. And he read his Bible <laughs> and realized what he was doing. And the last 15 years, he's been turning our church into a Reformed church. And building, with the help of lots of men, including Arthur, building a network of Reformed churches. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mix. It was basically a tiny a Pentecostal church that was somehow connected to this pastor that Kaelin was just talking about. He founded this church. They were dying, mm -hmm. 10, 12 people, and they remembered and they called out for help, which then sent us out here. So the congregation, some, the few people that were left, we're ex-Pentecostal. We're faced with, look, this is what we teach. This is how we see the Bible. This is Reformed theology. Do you guys want to come on board? If yes, then we'll take over and we'll go with you guys. And they're like, yep, okay, cool. Yeah. So we, we started. I mean, this is only a small fraction of the church. We have those. And it's interesting to see there are some of their habits and um, music and tastes still are, you can tell, but... Yeah. So our little church has a lot of ex-Pentecostals. We have a lot of a, a dying, lot of new converts. It's a dying breed. Yeah, but we have <laughs> a lot of new converts, and then we have a lot of people coming from, you know, churches where the gospel isn't being preached, and they're like, and they're realizing the gospel is not being preached. So I would I'd say we have a good mix. Yeah. 
and maybe one Baptist. <laughs> in my experience in Germany, because the kind of more like the free churches, the more theologically conservative ones are so sparse. It's like, you know, there's one every 30 miles or something like that. Um, maybe that, that might even be an exaggeration, but... Um, not even. No, I think no it's, it's not even 30 miles, every 30 miles. It's, it's like 50? 200? Yeah. 200 miles? Yeah. yeah. Some areas. Okay. Freiburg is the Bible Belt. You were in the Bible Belt. <laughs> Where we are? I thought Marburg was the Bible Belt. <laughs> Starts there and goes yeah. down south a bit. <laughs> past Stuttgart, etc. But that is also a thing of the past. Well, in any case, there are so few... Um, thanks for making my point even stronger. There are so few conservative churches that um, you will have people who are interested in you know, something like uh, the Bible being the rule for faith and life, but then they will come from all kinds of different camps. Cause it's like, there, there's like really hardcore, you know, Pentecostal types who are happy to be under the same tent as like really hardcore Lutheran types, as long as like the Bible is, uh, the center of it. And, uh, that was in my, that was my experience in Flybook. There were like reform people and, there were like faith healers they were all just happy to not be in the state church so i don't yeah. know if that's atypical or not no we don't have 15 churches along one main road like you have in the states mm. we have they're that sparse and people then go to the next best that they can handle from their convictions well atua and caitlin thank you so much yeah. for joining us and uh, we're excited to uh, be joined by you guys again and, and take a look at a German translation of an American song uh, that is sung in German churches in the American style. So a uh, <laughs> very, very interesting mixture. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at Anchor FM slash The Worship Review and Patreon.com slash The Worship Review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>